0: Sports Central with Adrian Abraham on Money FM eighty nine point three.
1: It's Money FM eighty nine point three. Start of a brand new work week, and you know there was so much hype surrounding this game of Manchester United against Liverpool, and happened to be a nil nil. Joining me to discuss further is the sports broadcaster Roshan Rai and the content producer Ziaul Roshan, who works with the Straits Times, gentlemen. Exciting game leading up to it, but the result, of course. Both teams, would they have taken a point? Roshan, we'll start with you. Would you feel that it was two points sort of dropped for Manchester United? Or did you feel that Liverpool put in a performance to go on and get the win?
0: I think, you know, it wasn't a great game of football at all. Uh, I thought it was actually pretty dull between the two sides. Um, Liverpool perhaps uh, had the upper hand in the first half, maybe at parts in the second like I said, improved a little bit in the second half and a couple of opportunities in that game. I guess, uh, you know, on the basis uh, of of play, a uh, draw is probably a fair enough result. I, I don't think either side really deserved a, a win in that game. But uh, I think if you're Manchester United and you're coming away to Anfield with no fans, with the sort of form that you're in, top of the table, with Liverpool suffering all those injuries, having to play two central midfielders in in central defence, um, I... I I see it as a as a missed opportunity. Um you know if, if ever there was a time for you to really go out at this Liverpool side and really test that defense and really test this Liverpool team who are struggling for goals at the moment, who are struggling for a bit of form at the moment. This was it and it's a missed opportunity. Um and, and so it's a bit of a waste and I think Solskjaer said as much in his in his post match um interview saying that uh you know, we, we didn't deserve to, to win because we didn't do enough. And that was a, a disappointing uh, night for, for Manchester United. So I, I'd say it was a big missed opportunity for them to really stamp their authority on the table on the Premier League and, uh,
1: and make a mark at Anfield. Yes, Roshan did mention how Liverpool are struggling for goals. No wins in their last four league matches. and Manchester United going into this top of the table. We expected a performance. Liverpool were there for the taking. Were you left? Of course, you're disappointed that, you know, they didn't finish those two chances, particularly Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. But, you know, did you want to see something a little bit different from this United side? Because I'm sure when you saw the team sheet, just like myself, we set up, I think, way too defensively like we did against Chelsea. And... Manchester City early in the season. That's now three, you know, stalemates, three goalless draws. The way Solskjaer sets up his team, do you feel he sets it up to almost fail and, you know, get these sort of drab draws? I think it's harsh to say Solskjaer sets up a
2: team to fail because I don't think a point at Anfield where Liverpool haven't been beaten in over two years is anything to scoff at. A point is a point. But I take Roshan's point as well. It was an opportunity with Liverpool there for the taking, Hendo in defence and alongside Fabinho, both central midfielders. And we should have given them a bit more to to challenge them. I don't think we did. Especially in the first half, we were particularly poor. We had two clear-cut chances, which if... Either one of them went in, then we'd be having a completely different discussion. So I don't agree that we set ourselves up to fail. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had a game plan, and he was. This is always the United way. Look, on paper, if we go toe to toe against Liverpool, we're going to get called out. But Russia makes a fantastic point. They are, they were there for the taking, and we we didn't take it. It was. It could have been a statement victory if we had won. If we had sneaked a one 0 win, even. But now we're here, and I think on the on the balance of play. A point apiece is a fair result. I don't think it was a great game, especially for us in Asia, because we stayed up till 3am. Overall, I think it's job done. I would have taken a point before kick-off. I'm here after kick-off saying a point is a point and City would be gleaning at this.
1: Exactly, and you know, I made the tactical decision to go to bed as soon as I saw the team sheet because I had to be up at you know half past four in the morning. But Rashan, how impressed were you by Victor Lindelof's performance? Because I know we've given him you know a lot of stick on the show, and you know we've kind of said that Eric Bailly should be playing ahead of him, and that Lindelof is sometimes not good enough to you know pull on the Manchester United shirt. But what did you make of his performance last night?
2: Quite honestly, when the team sheet came in, I was completely surprised that Lindelof started ahead of Eric Bailly, but after 90 minutes, I can see that it worked. The decision worked. The the defence did, did well to hold up against a Liverpool side. I don't think Liverpool are firing on all cylinders. The front three are not clicking at the moment. Firmino had a couple of off chances. He should have taken better. But I think overall, the United defence coped well. Uh, against that fearsome front three that Liverpool have. Lindelof, in particular, came in and gave a good account of himself. I think with Bailly in, you know, the problem with Bayi is, yes, he has more pace over Lindelof, but the problem is he has a red card in him. And in a game like this, you can't put yourself on the back foot with a player like that. So I think that's why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer opted for Lindelof over Eric Bayi, And... Eventually, I think the defence gave a really good account of themselves. I think Luke Shaw has upped his game tremendously since Alex Telles come, came in. And quite honestly, I think Roshan will agree with me. It's a good problem to have to have two centre-backs vying for one spot in the team because Harry Maguire is a mainstay there. And it's a good problem to have that two players who can both come in and do a job. And I think both of them in the past weeks have given a good account of themselves.
1: Yeah, Roshan, I'm just uh, looking at Liverpool's sort of form guide heading into this game and focusing on this game as well. They've managed to score, what, one goal in the last four league games and before that, they beat Crystal Palace 7-0. Where has it sort of gone wrong for Liverpool, who are firing on all cylinders? If there was anything that they could do, it was their front three, which was Mane, Salah and Firmino. But now that the goals have dried up, what should they do differently ahead of their game against Burnley?
0: Well, I'd be more concerned, as usual, if it, it was a situation where they weren't creating opportunities. I think it was always going to be sort of difficult against a uh, Manchester United side who set themselves up quite deep at times and uh, just got bodies in front, uh, got bodies behind the ball rather, just to try and block a few shots. So, you know, Liverpool are used to playing against sides that, that do that against them. Uh, you just expect it to come from, from, uh, from a Newcastle or Burnley or a West Brom, not a Manchester United. But, uh, hey, I guess you've got to do what you've got to do. Um, but looking at, at this Liverpool side, where the drop-off has, has come from is, you mentioned that seven goals against Crystal Palace. And that was always going to be one of those results, which was just a bit strange in, the, in this Premier League season because almost every shot that Liverpool had in that game actually ended up in the back of the net. You have to look at chance quality and you have to look at you know uh, the aspect of finishing and it's not always going to be a situation where you're finishing at that level. Um, Salah's numbers in terms of his uh, expected goals, uh, in terms of the chances that he is creating, the quality of chances that he is creating is uh, a little bit lower this season and the the same for for Bobby Firmino. Uh, Mane has been pretty consistent in terms of the the opportunities that he does get. It's just probably a tricky spell where situations or chances are just not quite falling for them. Um, I'd be a little bit more concerned if if chance creation numbers uh, weren't quite there. I think it's just one of those sticky spells. Uh, that clubs can have uh, at various stages of the season. I think we saw with uh, Manchester United, it was difficult for them early on in the season. We saw with Man City, it was difficult for them as well early on in the season. They're now coming into a really good run of form uh, and it's carrying them through. Unfortunately for Liverpool, this is their, their, their sticky spell uh, for them. And, and it's just something that you've really, it sounds like a cliche, but you've got to keep plugging away uh, in these moments, creating those opportunities and the goals will, will eventually come. I think it doesn't help uh, obviously, with the injuries that they've got, Jota being out is, is a big miss for Liverpool. It doesn't give them that opportunity to rotate anyone in that front three or to even play with a different style in terms of that front four with Jota uh, perhaps playing in between the lines or out in those uh, wider positions. So once Jota comes back, hopefully that soon for them it will make a bit of a difference in their attacking play, but uh, things are not looking good on that injury front at the moment. Hopefully for them it, it starts to just change a little bit because even If you push Henderson back into central defence, you take away his qualities from central midfield. And that's where he's at his best, his most effective. So those injuries to Van Dijk, those injuries to Gomez, it makes it difficult as well for Liverpool to build attacking play from those deeper positions and to launch quick counter-attacks.
2: Rosh, I take your point completely about uh, the goals eventually coming and the chance creation. But to be honest, okay, it's frustrating to play against a team that sets out like a Burnley, like a Newcastle, who play deep and play low. But I don't recall a clear-cut chance... Chances, that many chances being created by Liverpool as much yesterday. And also, we talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's team selection. Klopp went for the wild card of putting Shakiri in the lineup. I don't think he he looked lively in the first half, but I don't think that worked out. My question is, do you think Klopp has the the team, not just a squad, to compete for the title? Because right now his players only work in a four three three formation. We've seen various managers tweak their formations with the personnel they have like United we go to a 5 at the back sometimes we go to a 4 at the back whereas Liverpool seem to be stuck with a 4-3-3 formation so do you think perhaps Klopp needs a plan B so to speak to accommodate the squad that he has or maybe possibly bringing in some new players in January? because clearly the depth is not there they brought on Origi who's barely got a game and there are no real difference makers on the bench
0: well, I think first of all, if you actually looked at, at the numbers in terms of the, I know there's a big difference between expected goals and real goals, and of course we didn't get any real goals. Uh, but Liverpool actually, I think, uh, sneaked it in terms of in terms of the actually in terms of the overall chances that you are creating in a game. If you're into that sort of thing, I know lots of people don't believe in that in that stuff in the stats uh, behind it. Uh, but going back to your other question about about uh, formations and, and things like that, I mean, this is a club a team that has been winning big titles for the last couple of seasons playing that 4-3-3. So, I, I'm very reluctant to say anything negative about this Liverpool side and anything okay. negative about, about Jurgen Klopp mm. with this Liverpool team because he's found a system, he's found a structure that's actually proven to have worked for him. And, you know, often people ask about a plan B or a plan A or whatever. You, you know, the other side of it is if you change your formations around, then people will, if results don't go your way, then the argument is Oh, he doesn't know his best team. He doesn't know his best formation. He doesn't know the the, the formula to, to go and play with. So, again, it's one of those things where you analyse, got to look beyond a, a result. you got to look at, at the bigger picture and, and see how things have been going for a club. And I think they've just run into a spell where they've lost important players through injury. Mm. And I think that's going to have an impact on, on any club uh, in the world. But don't you think and, he needs the fluidity
2: yeah. to at least toggle between the squad he has and... The I mean we're not talking about a rut here but four games without a win in the league for reigning champions One it is goal a bit well. of a
1: they've only scored once
2: yeah exactly and it's more than a wobble so he has to do something like when Arteta was under pressure he threw the kids on and suddenly they turned up obviously United go through that spell every club goes through a rut I completely understand that but how uh, how is Jürgen Klopp going to get Liverpool out of this rut in inverted well, commas well you
0: talk about again I, I mean you, you're asking me about formations he has tried different formations he has tried a four-two-three-one, and it has worked at times. You know, it's, your players are not are not robots, right? Okay. Liverpool are never going to be in a situation where there are a Man City or a Manchester United who can splash 70, 80 million pounds on, on players. And well, and Alison and Virgil, how much did Allison cost, and Virgil, how much Virgil van Dijk Yeah, I mean that's a long <laughs> signing, along with along with Alison And don't forget that that signing was paid off. Those two signings were paid off with the Coutinho money.
2: Okay, okay, so, okay. But Liverpool I mean, yeah, Liverpool so much... being Premier League champions and winning the Champions League you're telling me they've got no money to spend. I find that hard to believe.
0: I think you need to go and do your research on the amount of money that they've actually lost in the pandemic and I okay. think you'll see that they've actually made a 42 million pound loss.
2: But every uh, club has made uh, every by... club has made a loss in this pandemic era, no?
0: Exactly. So That's what I'm saying. They're not going to go out and play the sort
2: of exactly my question. So what is he going to do if he's not going to sign new players with the squad to 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 get the title charge back on? Because they are in the in the mix definitely, but they need to get results going, no?
0: Yeah, but you're contradicting yourself now because what are they going to do to bring the title challenge back on? And then you say they are in the mix, so they're in the mix. Are they in the mix or not?
2: They are in the mix, but they need to get results going because if not, they're going to fade away.
0: So, they're in the mix. So, at the moment, Raushan, they're in the mix. What is there for them to really be be panicking about? How far away are they from the top of the table?
2: Now, I'm not saying panic, but I'm saying they need to start scoring goals. They need to start winning games. They haven't done that in four-league games.
0: That's that's kind of obvious, right? There's not... I mean, if you point it out that they've only scored one goal in the last three or four games, anyone who looks at a score sheet can say that. So... (laughs) They've not they not been scoring goals, yeah. What what is the what, what is the, the the question here? He's just gotta keep working with the players that he has available to him. So
2: if He's plan A is what? not plan A is not working in the past four league games, what is plan B? That's my question.
0: What do you mean what is plan B? What is what is plan A to you then, Rosha? What is plan A? Go on, analyze this Liverpool side for me and tell me what the plan A is.
2: Obviously it's the title winning team that they've got together and this four three three formation which he favors. So I okay. would like I think Klopp is being put under pressure for the first time in his tenure. And I'm asking, what is he going to do to 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 get the pressure off him?
0: Why is he under pressure? I, I don't understand why he's under pressure. He's won a Champions League and a Premier League title. Why is he under pressure? Because on a very limited, but on, a very, on on not the sort of budget that uh, the likes of City, United and Chelsea have, have, have been putting out over the last couple of seasons. Why is he under pressure now?
2: So if he finishes in the top four this season without a trophy, it's, it's okay?
0: I think he's earned himself an opportunity okay. to, to get a little bit of time, especially with the with the injury situation that, that he's got. Okay. I think it's very disrespectful to talk about a manager who's won titles in that manner, in a club in, in that manner. It's something that reeks of, you know, a misunderstanding of what it actually takes to win titles, to actually be a professional player, to, to go out there week after week. It's not easy. I mean, fans talk about, oh, they didn't do this, they didn't do that, they didn't win this, they didn't win that, like it's, like it's, like it's easy for these people to go out and do it. People often bang on about how competitive the Premier League is, Shouldn't you be enjoying that? The fact that there are other clubs in there challenging for the title now? I mean, I, I really to me I don't see it as, as Klopp being under pressure. You compare him to Ateta. I mean, that's an absolutely ridiculous comparison to make. Mikel Ateta is trying to prove himself with an Arsenal side. What well, there's no comparison. No, there. I'm not
2: I'm not comparing Ateta and Klopp. I think you got me wrong. I'm just saying Ateta managed to Basically change it around.
1: around. But credit where it's due. I mean, uh, Jurgen Klopp has won the Champions League, taken them to the Champions League final, won the Premier League and, you know, really put Liverpool in in a position where they haven't been for the last, what, 30 years. But moving swiftly on, because we have to talk about the other games as well, we'll just focus on uh, the other title challenges. Manchester City, we talked about them Quite a bit on the show the other day, that partnership at centre-half, John Stones and Ruben Diaz. John Stones at the double, I don't think any of us saw that coming. And I did say, you know, the City side weren't really scoring many goals and then they scored four. I know against, it was against Crystal Palace. But now, they, of course, they look like the real deal and a team unified resurgent under Pep Guardiola. Do you think the City, you know, after this result from United and Liverpool, now, you know, they can sense, you know, a bit of blood and, you know, go on and push forth?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been saying that about City from the start. They always have to be favorites for every, pretty much every competition that they're in. I mean, you look at the, 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 the budget and you look at the wage budget and you look at the quality of players that they have. They're settled now. They're coming into a good run of form. The fact that some of their challenges are sort of dropping points and falling away a little bit certainly bodes well for them. And, you know, if if you talk about... If you talk about pressure, then, then Guardiola is the one who kind of has to deliver uh, results and deliver trophies season after season, doesn't he? With all the, the sort of uh, spending that uh, that, he's, uh, that he's been allowed to, to make. So I think they should be there. They're playing some excellent football at the moment. They're putting sides away with ease. They look nice and comfortable. they keep it clean sheets. Defensively, they're tight. So they will be delighted with that result from Liverpool and, and Manchester United yesterday, dropping points. Uh, but they'll take care of business on their own, and that's all they can really do. You control what you can in your situations and, and, and don't worry about what the other teams are, are doing around
2: you. Completely agree. I think Manchester City had that a bit of a, a wobble at the start of the season and they found their form and to Roshan's point, I completely agree. They're always going to be favourites in every competition they take part in because of the way Guardiola goes about his business. He doesn't like a full-back, he buys a new fullback back Doesn't and, like a centre-back. <laughs> exactly. Guy. And he's stumbled, I think he stumbled upon the Stones' DS axis which is giving them the foundation and when your centre-backs are contributing with goals, it's always a good thing.
1: It is, and uh, Tottenham as well getting a win against Sheffield United. Harry Kane, uh, you know, amongst the goals and that goal from a man who's come under a lot of pressure and a lot of, you know, stake from Jose Mourinho earlier, Tangu and Dumbelé. What a goal uh, from him, really putting in probably one of the best players the Premier League season has seen this year. Ravshan, what did you make of his goal?
2: I, I thought it was a fantastic goal. Uh, excellent. The way he was falling, but he got that shot over. Again, it was Sheffield United, so Tottenham... Needed that result. Tottenham would have, I dare use this word, under, be under pressure if they didn't get a result against Sheffield United. They needed that. And I think when they conceded the goal at 2-1, it could have gone either way. So they were very quick. and Ndombele got that fantastic goal to kill it off at 3-1 and then they just were in cruise control after that.
1: But, you know, when we talk about Mourinho being critical of this players, I want to talk about someone else, Delhi Ali Roshan. You can sort of weigh in on this. Ooh. PSG are trying to, uh, you know, sign him. But Ndombele has gone about his business quite, you know, calmly and composed. And he's taken on what Mourinho has said. And, you know, he's really thriving. But you look at the other end of the spectrum where someone like Delhi Ali, Mourinho has been very critical, as he has with a lot of his other players. But do you feel that Delhi should now move to PSG, whether it's on loan, you know, to link up with his former manager, Maurizio Pochettino?
0: I think he desperately wants to go, uh, but it's a situation where Spurs would, I think, they really want to keep a, a player like him because he's incredibly talented. Just perhaps hasn't quite worked out as well as he would have liked under Jose Mourinho. He's certainly a, a very good chance creator. He creates opportunities, um, and and he will really enjoy himself in the in the French league and under P- and with uh, PSG under Pochettino, his former boss. So I, I think he's desperate to go out on loan. It's just uh, you know Levy is, is very difficult to sort of deal with. Mm. So i be surprised if they if they came to some sort of uh, some sort of deal here. It's got to be really in uh, in Tottenham's favour to let uh, Dali Ali go. But uh, I think for his career, probably will be nice to see him get a move somewhere else. Him enjoy his football once again. And to go back to your point about and uh, I think it's. Sometimes people forget about the, the essence of time and giving players time to adjust, giving managers time to, to, to get things, things going. And we expect, in this society, we expect things to happen very quickly. And we're seeing now that Dombele, with that time to adjust, with that time to settle, becoming a really important part of, uh, of Spurs under Jose Mourinho, where at one point it looked like he was going to be bombed out mm. uh, by Jose. And it wasn't going to work. So uh, credit to him and credit to, to Mourinho for... Uh, for turning things around and, and uh, getting uh, some uh, value on that investment.
2: Yeah, I think with the Euros looming large as well, Dele Ali could use a loan move perhaps. Maybe not, I don't think Levy's going to allow him to go for a cut price deal, deal in January. So maybe a loan move just to get some game time and play under a coach he trusts, Pochettino. And then with a front line like PSG, he might flourish.
1: Also interesting to see if Christian Eriksen comes back to Tottenham, there's talk that <laughs> you know, he could be coming back on loan, but Tottenham... Won't be able to match his... Uh, sort Arsenal, perhaps, salary. since Ozil has left. Yeah, Arsenal do need a playmaker. Julian Brandt as well being talked up in the Rubenville. Now, we waited almost a year for United-Liverpool. It certainly didn't live up. But we go again in a week's time in the FA Cup. So, certainly expect better things. Gentlemen, just before I go, let's get your predictions for that. Because we were way off our first one Actually, I did say it was a draw. But <laughs> uh, Roshan, will go with you. Uh,
0: I think United will win that, that FA Cup game I think playing at home um, um, and I think Liverpool might look at it as an opportunity To maybe arrest a couple of players I think uh, United will, will, will take that FA Cup game against uh, Liverpool
2: I'm going to go the other way I think if I had to choose in a competition That we're going to stay in I'll take the league So if, if we get kicked out of the cup by Liverpool It's not the end of the world I expect Liverpool to nick a victory there
1: Whatever the result may be, it promises to be a much better showing than yeah, one what we can just... Hope. Well, one can always <laughs> hope, but we will get a result this time. It won't be a drab, nil-nil. There will go to penalties if worse comes to worse. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and joining me on this Monday lunchtime. And uh, hopefully next week we will have a much better performance. Thank you, Rosh. Cheers, Adrian. Thanks,
0: guys. Enjoy the chat.